Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat. Thank you for joining me and my Stand Out and Grow podcast. Today, I have a super awesome guest, John Hitson, who is with Spotlight Branding. And he's going to be talking about how to stand out without Google, which has me uh, very intrigued. So I hope it has you intrigued as well. And you will be able to ask him questions and uh, find out more about what he does. And um, he's also going to walk us through on how we can stand out without Google. So without further ado, let me bring John on so that he can introduce himself to you. Hey, John. Hey, Kat. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So if you can give everybody just a little background about you and, you know, who you are and some of the things that you do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, on the professional side of things, I'm the editorial director for Spotlight Branding. We provide uh, content marketing services uh, for law firms. Uh, we focus on helping people generate more referrals, which is going to lead into what we talk about today. Uh, but, you know, day to day wise, I get to do fun things like this. I get to come on podcasts. Uh, I also manage uh, the media section of our website, spotlightinsider.com. Uh, just always putting out uh, articles, uh, other podcast episodes that we do designed to just help small business owners, small law firm owners, uh, you know, advance their business, grow their business uh, in ways mostly through marketing, but we also have some other guest posts that come up uh, in the mental health space, strategy wise, uh, and, and just kind of rounding out the the entire uh, life cycle of, of being a business owner. Awesome. So tell us a little, like, give us some personal background, give us a little bit of some of your interests and, and what do you like to yeah. do? Yeah. So, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this, uh, you know, before we came on, I, I definitely have uh, almost a different kind of personal uh, persona going on outside of work. Uh, I've, I've written and published, I think I'm up to 24 books now, mostly on just like history, like just a lot of nonfiction, a lot of lesser known uh, historical events. Uh, I run another website where I document uh, different waterfall hikes uh, in around like the Appalachian mountain area. Uh, and then I also have like my own personal podcast that I do on just random, strange stuff from history. That is awesome. And that speaks volume to your personality um, because I did see the waterfalls and I thought, oh, how interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Because I personally like, I think there's a lot of people that love waterfalls, you know. And then yeah. I did notice that you wrote so many books. I was like, oh my God, how can how can you write so many? I mean, I thought there was at least 50, but I was wrong because I was waiting for you to say how many books you wrote. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't do much outside of that, you know, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. uh, I, I've tried to get into golf a little bit more, but other yep. than that, like I have no other hobbies. Like, you know, people have like, you know, a huge friend circle they get together with often and like, eh, whatever. I have a couple of friends. That's all I need. Otherwise I'm spending my free time, uh, you know, kind of digging through, uh, the, the internet, finding different, uh, stories from history and kind of just bringing them back to life. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. Okay. So, so obviously this is a very new perspective in regards to mm -hmm. marketing because you're saying that someone can stand out without Google. So can you like set up the premise or tell us, tell us what this is entails? Right. So, uh, you know, for, especially for our audience, a lot of solo and small firms, yep. small businesses, uh, you know, especially if they're in a really big market and yep. we're talking, you know, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's a pretty big market, but there are, there are bigger ones out there. Um, you know, Florida, California, New York, Texas, yep. Chicago, all these big cities. If you're operating in one of those cities or a similar size city, uh, it can, it's pretty competitive out there. And if you're trying to show up on page one of a Google search, you're going to be investing thousands and thousands of dollars a month on a consistent basis uh, with the hope that you stay on page one. And right. there's a lot of data out there uh, that shows that the vast majority of people making Google searches stop after page one. Like they're not yeah. going on to page two. Uh, it also can take a really long time for your page to get to page one. Mm -hmm. And then an algorithm change overnight could wipe all of that out. So for the smaller businesses with a smaller marketing budget, you know, we want to be able to help them still be competitive and, and still get the business that they've earned, even if they're unable to vie for that one out of five to 10 spots on page one of a Google search. Right. Because typically if someone were to try to create that minutia or get that position, uh, and again, depends on the competitiveness of the keywords mm -hmm. and we'll yeah. use a common one. So like PI attorneys, that is probably a very outrageous cost per lead because yeah. all of them are vying for that. And a lot of times that's what that's the go to for an attorney, right? It's the go to they buy those Google keywords and they all mm -hmm. are fighting for those searches. And yeah. The, the odd thing about that is a search is not a guaranteed lead. It's not a guaranteed interest. You know, a lot of times those are people that are um, just, you know, searching and looking yeah. and trying to get more information. So right. a lot of those leads, they go by the wayside. But then there are businesses that do really, really well, but they're spending tonnage. They're spending five, ten thousand $10,000 a month on Google AdWords. And that's atrocious. It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it is. And, you know, I, yeah, I just, it, it's, it also almost becomes like this weird, vicious cycle because you then start relying on those ads to keep performing. And then, like I said, like if an algorithm changes, uh, you know, if, something happens in that and those ads stop performing as well. It's not like you get to spend less money on that. You're still spending that same amount and you're having to replenish those leads and try to, you know, tweak your ads and, and all of that to, you know, get that, get those results back. And I think that's why, you know, marketing companies do so well and, and have, you know, people who manage those sorts of things because it, it's, it's a lot to, 
keep up with if you're trying to do it yourself, much less even someone who's managing it for you. Exactly. And so I'm assuming that you guys don't do Google AdWords at your uh, business, that business that you guys represent. No. Okay. No. No. no, yeah, well, yeah, we have spotlight branding. We don't do anything that has to do with like what's technically referred to as like lead generation marketing. Like, okay, we are really more in the nurturing space. Yeah, um, you know, and because I think a lot of times small businesses really do focus on the lead gen side of things, right? It's like hunting versus farming. They're all excited to go out and hunt and and gather as many leads as they can, but then when they bring them back in, they don't really do much with them. They don't farm them. They don't nurture them. Yeah. as well as they could. And so whether that means you don't convert as well or you have a longer sales cycle, there's a lot of opportunities in that in that farming aspect uh, of marketing that gets missed. Yeah. So I have to throw my two cents in this because I think a lot of business owners, especially the solopreneurs, the small business owner, the independent contractor, don't really know the difference between nurturing their mm -hmm. uh, prospects and lead generate. I really don't think they understand yeah. that there is a, a fine line. It, there's a big difference. And yeah. both of them do go hand in hand, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have a strategy or you don't know what you're trying to achieve or do, it makes it a little complicated. And you can exhaust your energy. You can exhaust your funds. You can do a lot of things without a good strategy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as you know, someone who handles Google ad management or SEO strategy or whatever, they would be thrilled if their clients also had like a nurturing strategy yeah. paired with it, because it makes the stuff that that the ad manager does convert that much better, which then makes them look really good. And, you know, and everybody ends up happy. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the tactics then are you guys incorporating? So the biggest one for us is still email, which might okay. surprise some I'm of your big, listeners. No, I'm a big you believer know. in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and the I I tend to hear someone every now and then come out and be like, email marketing's dead. It's not. Like no. if you know, if you do it the right way, it yep. does provide a, a ton of results. And and I think that's where people think that email doesn't work is because those people are doing it wrong. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's like in other industries that you've seen, but um, there is a there's a weird epidemic of law firms who put out email newsletters and the content in those newsletters has nothing to do with their firm. Oh. It's random articles. It's like, you know, uh, the, the upcoming meteor shower you need to see, or here's a new cookie recipe wow. that you should try. And it's like, what? there's no reason for you to yeah. put that in there. The best thing you can do in your emails is to provide some sort of content, a piece of pillar content that educates, that informs, that provides some insight into your expertise, reminds people of who you are and what you do so that you're staying top of mind. And then that's what generates referrals and, and requests for repeat business like that. I, I agree with you. So I, um, I love it. I, and I was going to raise my hand. I was going to say, I know why, <laughs> I know why they put cookies and, <laughs> and stuff about meteor, meteor, meteor showers. Yeah. It's because it's usually the cutesy, uh, re intern or receptionist that's doing the email marketing. And mm -hmm. a lot of times what's happening is it's not about the voice of the business or the voice of the brand. It's more of the voice of the person doing it. 
And so that's where it gets misaligned, right? Misaligned. And then we're putting out just non-relevant content because that person who um, is managing that or handling that, in their opinion, they're like, well, I would I would like to get that. And I agree with you 100%, John, if you're not providing like value and you're not providing, you know, education, I always say there's three things when um, you're working with social media or digital marketing, you're uh, supposed to be, you know, engaging, educating and entertaining your audience. And so if you're not doing one of the three and it, it has to be in alignment with their audience, right? who their target yeah. audience is, then there is going to be major misalignments and it's not going to work. The strategy is just not going to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that point that you made where it's, it, it's no longer the voice of the firm. It's just the person of the voice of the person yep. that's creating it. And, and as a marketer, yeah, you really do have to understand who your audience is and, and who they're coming and expecting to see. And, oh, you know, to your point, you know, receptionist, you might be cool. You might have a great way to curate content, but your audience is coming to learn what the law firm does or whatever the business does. They're not learning about what you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, so that's great. I I love that you pointed that out. Uh, Like I said, I'm a big fan of email email marketing. We have uh, had email marketing as a forefront uh, for our company as a strategy. And to date, since we started the business in 2014, we have over 36,000 emails because we've always had an email marketing strategy. If you don't have an email marketing strategy, then you're going to have as many email addresses as the number of clients you have right now today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you know, a, a small business's email list is probably the most valuable marketing asset that mm-hmm. they own. And so many of them just don't take advantage of it. And right. you don't have to. And I get this a lot. It's like, well, I don't want to annoy people. And it's like, you're not going to annoy people with like a monthly newsletter. Right. Like right. a monthly cadence you know, one doesn't cause a lot of like, isn't a big time investment on your end. It's also not overbearing to yours. I even see a lot of law firms have success with like a biweekly email yep. newsletter yep. that works well too. And and so, especially if you are providing that value and you're providing like actual informative content that, that pe- that is going to answer your audience's questions, people are not going to get annoyed by that. That's what they want to hear from you. Exactly. So let's talk about some content for email yep. marketing. What is some ideal content for us? Uh, you know, primarily you want to feature either a recent blog article or a video, right? And I know in our industry, we see a lot of like current events related articles and those aren't really evergreen. Like for me, I want to see evergreen content. And what that means is I want to see content that even if I go back 10, 12, 18 months, it's Mm -hmm. just as relevant and just as valuable. But what I see a lot of times is law firms especially will like publish these articles. They're like three paragraphs and it's like on a car accident that happened a completely different state. And then it's like, well, if this ever happens to you, call us. And like, that's not valuable at all. You know, focus on the, the questions that you are getting from clients. Like who, what do I need to do right after a car accident? Right. right? What, what documents should I have as part of my estate plan? You know, what do I need to do to get divorced in, my city. And this works for other industries as well. Right. You know, um, 
finance industry. Like you could even like even lawn care, landscaping, stuff like that. Yeah. Like create informative, helpful content like that. That's providing tips for people that shows them that you are an expert and this is what needs to happen. And people should probably just trust you to handle it for them instead. Right. So, okay. So you make some great points. Now, what if the, the small business solopreneur, mm -hmm. entrepreneur, whoever, what if they're not creating original content? Just at all, or like using like syndicated content or just, or, you know, in, in what, what, in what way? So they're not creating any blogs. They're not yeah. creating any videos. Mm -hmm. So no original content, right. To, to position them as a thought leader. Yeah. You know? Well, they're not going to, they're not going to get any exposure. I can tell you that. Like there's, there's <laughs> nothing, there's, you know, there's nothing that is being updated on your website. There's mm -hmm. nothing that you're able to post on social media. There's nothing to put in your email newsletters. Um, even when it comes to maybe even some content for landing pages for ads or for SEO rankings or anything, there's nothing there. And yeah. so, you know, the, the original content is really the driving force for, whatever other kinds of marketing that you're going to do. And it's, it's the fuel that's going to allow you to get a lot of exposure on other platforms, uh, you know, regardless of what your final objective is. Yeah. So you guys are really focused on um, people having good original content as well. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, okay. you know, we'll, we'll produce monthly content, uh, you know, at least blog wise, video wise yep. for our clients. We'll produce daily social media content for them. And again, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Like I'm happy right. to teach anyone how to do what we do for our clients. But I, I think the big thing that that a lot of people get caught up in is is kind of the time investment yep. in, in what it does to create good content. And, you know, especially for a business owner, they want to obsess over that blog article. They want to make sure that it's perfect and that it covers every possible scenario. Yep. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to do that, but also your blog articles and, and whatever doesn't have to be this gigantic brief of, you know, 1500 words like you can break it up into smaller pieces like there's different things that you can do to reduce that time commitment outside of like hiring someone to, to do it for you okay but you're someone that they would hire though yes oh, absolutely okay. so you're not totally against it you're just saying no i look if you want to work with us okay like we'll do it <laughs> but you're like if you can manage it then great do it but do it correctly mm -hmm. and strategically but if you can't yeah you know, certainly hire someone. And right. I'm so now you've alluded to another uh, statement that I'm going to bring up because this is so important for people to understand and know, especially if you are, you know, a an attorney or you have a law practice or whatever, because that's what John's focusing on here with this topic is you also, you know, as an attorney, you also open yourself up to a lot of, um, let's say wrong information. If you do have mm -hmm. an intern or, yep. you know, stuff that could get you in trouble. So, yeah. you know, that's always my concern with, uh, you know, organizations that have to cross their T's and dot their I's, you know, so any medical field, any financial yeah. field, any attorney field, because if you have typos and, you have misleading information or old yeah. information or bad information. Mm -hmm. It really does set yourself up for not being as, you know, 
respected, right? Or seen as that thought leader. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we kind of tell people like focus on evergreen content first, Mm -hmm. right? Keep it very surface level. Like here's the thing. Lawyers know this too. The subject matter can get pretty dry, right? Yes. And so, you know, people just like for the answers that people need, they're only going to dig so far for them until they realize like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Like I can trust this person. So that's why I say, keep it, you know, keep it very surface level, keep it evergreen, you know, be more of a resource. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be, this is the exact statute for this exact law, but it's more like, here are some things to consider when you're going through this, right? Like, you know, um, this is, here's how to financially prepare for, uh, an impending divorce or yep. this is the difference broadly speaking between like an S corp and a C corp entity structure, all these different kinds of things to where you're not necessarily going to be run through the run through the ringer and held liable. If any of that information is wrong, right. but it is still pretty surface level. And it's stuff that you can easily spot check because it's stuff that, you know, like the back of your hand. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And you brought up another point. I think the other thing for, attorneys um, or financial people or people in really technical fields is that they talk differently, right? Mm -hmm. They talk differently. And so when you hire someone to help you push that out as content, you're now having them to kind of like dumb it down or make it more layman friendly, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, it can get over the top for people, right? And you don't want to do that. Yes. And that is, that is one thing I do see a lot of is, is lawyers will end up writing their blogs for other lawyers. And that's yep. not that's not who you're writing for. Maybe if like the only source of your business is referrals from other attorneys, maybe I can maybe see an argument for that. But still, the referral is going to be the one that's coming in and reading your blog and, and, yep. and all of that. And so, you know, I and I also get that point because, I you know, the pushback to that even is, well, I don't feel comfortable putting my name on something that I didn't actually write. And I get it. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I know that we do that I really like that we do is, you know, we make sure to have our writers have calls with our clients to get their actual words and get their actual points and verbiage so that our writers can then, like you said, dumb it down to the regular audience and, and still retain that voice and, and natural structure that the art, the, that the lawyer would have written in the first place. Yeah. I, and I love that you pointed out that lawyers tend to write like to an audience of lawyers, as opposed to yeah. talking or speaking to your perfect audience who is going to yeah. consume you and use your service. And I see that a lot, to be honest, John, I see it a lot with accountants and yeah. again, financial people, anybody who is in a very complicated kind of industry or yeah. a little uh, more technical, that mm-hmm. happens a lot when they're writing their own stuff, they're talking to their audience, not to the client base. And I'm yes. glad you point that out. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you guys really do push then for a lot of um, content marketing 
as yep. to grow a business as opposed to the the Google AdWords. And again, the minutia makes sense it, and it is effective. And I agree uh, with what your you guys strategy is, because at the end of the day, here's the reality. And this is what I always tell people all the time over and over and over is social media and the Internet and anywhere else. They need content. And they rely on every business, every person to bring some sort of content. And yeah. that's why I'm a big fan of original content, because the more original content someone can have, right, and, and and push out there, the more that you're more likely to be found on search or wherever else that you want to be found. Because, you know, nobody can ex survive without content, Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of goes back to what I said earlier. It makes the work that maybe you guys do work that much better. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, I'm sure you would rather work with a business who has a, a pretty robust blog page or a pretty robust social media presence who's active and, and constantly doing things versus someone who just has a website up and it's like just a homepage and a contact page, yeah. right? Because you have more to work with, with the first, you know, business and, you know, it helps your stuff convert better versus that person who just has like a homepage and a contact page and very little else. Like that's just going to be such a larger uphill battle for that second business because they just don't have anything. They don't really have a good foundation to work with. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? If you guys have a client that doesn't have any content, I mean, how do you guys deal with that? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier for us because we are the ones that can build that up for them. Yeah. You know, we can start publishing the the blogs. We can build out a video library for them. We can post every day on social media, whatever it is that they, you know, ask us to do. And ultimately over time, and, and here's the thing. And, and I think, you know, I, I think you would agree with this as well. Like no good marketing strategy just produces the biggest results overnight. Right. And if something does, it's not sustainable. Like right. it is definitely a, a momentum game. It, it's a long game. And and the more consistently you do things over time, the, the better your results will end up being until you kind of get to that, you know, the plateau or that max where, you know, you've kind of been able to do everything you can. So now let's figure out how to sustain it. Yes. And I love that you, you pointed that out because I call it being persistently consistent because yes. You have to be persistent about it. And if you're not, you're fooling yourself to think that, oh, I did this one time one off thing and I'm going to get a flood of clients because, mm -hmm. you know, such and such told me I just had to do that, <laughs> you know, right. and it's not realization. It's not realistic, you know, and I think about my business and I really hit the ground running with social media and I stuck with it. And, yeah. you know, it paid off because now if I meet people and they hear advertise or my name, you know, they're like, oh, I think I heard about you somewhere, you know, and that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get we get stories from our clients often where it's like, yeah, I just see your stuff everywhere. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen you all over my social. And like, yes, that's what you want. You know, and, the, yeah. and to the to the opposite point of that. I see a lot of times businesses, they will get into this peaks and valleys sort of thing where they'll start marketing and it'll yep. go really well for them. And then they'll get overwhelmed and really, really busy. And yep. then they stop all the marketing. Oh, yeah. And then they'll get through the work and then they panic because there's nothing else coming in. Right. But then they got to fire it back up again. And so the consistency thing is really important there that like, too, you know, having too many clients or, you know, producing too many leads 
is a, it's, it's a good problem. It's still a marketing problem that you can tweak and, and refine your audience and stuff like that. But you still need to do it consistently. Oh, absolutely. I would never tell anybody take their foot off the pedal because like you said, John, you've got to keep that pipeline full. You have to, you have to account for attrition. You have to account for yeah. maybe this relationship's not going to work out. You got to account for things that are going to fall off the wagon. So yeah. don't, don't start counting your pennies just because you got a handful of clients. And I totally agree with you because people do tend to take their foot off the paddle and then pull back. And that's not when you do that. You keep it consistent. Maybe maybe come down a little but You don't pull it, pull your foot off the paddle. You keep it yeah. going. You know, yeah. Uh, is there any good success story you want to share with us? Man, so one of my favorite stories uh, to kind of tie back into the email newsletter. So we had a client of ours. Um, he was flying back to Miami on a plane, sat beside some stranger. They got to talking. Uh, this person kind of mentioned they were a business owner. They kind of wanted to start their own business one day. Our client said, well, hey, I'm a business lawyer. Let me get your contact info. We can keep in touch. So yeah. gets back to his office, adds this guy's contact info into his email list. And for the next two years, sends this guy his email newsletter, you know, as part of like his regular email list. And then finally, that guy out of the blue calls him up, said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. We were on an airplane back together. I'm ready to start my business. I want you to be the, the lawyer that helps me do that. And like it just perfectly encapsulates like kind of everything we've talked about, how powerful email marketing is, how doing it consistently will produce results in the long run and, and just making sure that you're providing valuable content that keeps people, you know, keeping your email in their inbox. They may not open every newsletter you send them, but they're also not unsubscribing yep. and, you know, making sure that you have good content in there that keeps them opening it. That keeps like, okay, maybe this month's subject's not for me, but I'll keep, you know, I'll archive it see yep. what happens next month and stuff like that. So just, just a really good reminder of just how all of this works together and, yep. you know, whether it happens in six months or two years, you know, we, we see results like that where just a simple email can build or get, get you a, you know, a five figure referral that you may not have otherwise gotten. Oh no, absolutely. And some of the mistakes I have to point this out because I I'm a big fan of again getting other people's emails and really diagnosing them and uh, kind of analyzing them. I'm kind of a geek like that with mm -hmm. other people's emails. the The biggest mistake I see a lot. Okay, biggest mistake. So if this is you, you're doing email marketing. The biggest mistake I I see: no buttons, no cl nothing's clickable. You talk mm, about yeah. that you have this special offer. Wow, wow, wow. It's a discount. Get it now before it's too late. And there's nowhere to click. Nowhere. Yeah. Not even a URL, nothing. And yeah. it's like, okay, why did you send me this email? It was a waste of your time because there's no, there's no, not going to be any conversion. None. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. You want to be driving people to your website. Uh, as often as you can. Another tip um, that you reminded me of, utilize your subject line in a very smart way, right? Like don't just do, don't just do Smith law firm, August newsletter as your subject line. Like that's not interesting to anybody, right? Right. If you're going to be providing valuable content, use the title of the blog or the title of the video as your subject line. Yeah. That's going to really make those connections in someone's brain about who you are and how you can help because otherwise like, 
this is what I tell a lot of lawyers. Like, it doesn't matter if you prevented someone from going to jail for the rest of their life or guided them through like a really nasty divorce. Three months later, just because of everything we've got going on in our lives, you can be easily forgotten. Oh, yeah. And, and people Perfect. just aren't great at keeping track of things. So utilize your subject line really well and, and just keep reminding people of, of who you are and keep that top of mind awareness. Yeah. And yeah, another trend I see a lot of is, uh, and this is the plus side, this is not the negative side. The plus side is keeping your content to a minimum. Like people are time starved. If you mm-hmm. really have a good video or a good blog, blog that really educates or really can compel a message, then let that just be the focus and um, don't try to like bury it with all kinds of other crap just because you think I need to put all this crap in here because otherwise it's just why would we send this newsletter? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of the best newsletters, you got one section with a couple of updates like, oh, what's been happening in your firm? And then one section for your featured content. That's it. You don't need, it doesn't need to be this long scrolling thing. Like people aren't going to go all the way down to the bottom. Keep it short. Keep it simple. Nope. Yes, yes, uh, I agree because anything long and strolly will give me a cardiac arrest. I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) awesome, John. uh, Anything that you guys are offering, anybody who reaches out to you guys or tune in today? Yeah, I just want to invite people to go to uh, our media website, spotlightinsider.com. I mentioned it up there at the start. Uh, New articles, podcast episodes coming out all the time. Even if you're not a lawyer, uh, I think a lot of the content that we are putting out really is valuable to a business owner and speaks to a lot of the uh, obstacles and hurdles that business owners are facing. I mean, we have uh, obviously we do a lot of marketing content, but we also talk about uh, some tech, mental health. Uh, finances, all that kind of stuff, a lot of issues that that small business owners face. And you can go to Spotlight Insider, join the free community, uh, and just, you know, we, we send all that content to you every week in your inbox. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast today, John. It was a delight to have you. And I'll tell you what, it was a delight to learn more about you personally and the waterfalls and the books and your podcasts. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. You have a great day, John. All right. You too. Thanks. And thank you for joining me in my live Stand Out and Grow podcast. I hope this was... um, informative and that you took something away. I know I did. And it just also confirmed a lot of the messaging that I tell to business owners over and over and over about being persistently consistent and that there is no instant gratification. Everything is a long process. And the more that you stick with it, the more return you will see sooner and quicker. And it does happen. So until next time, you got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, 
You got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.